Hey guys, welcome to the Challenge Podcast. I'm Coach Steve. And I'm Coach Nick. And we're going to be talking about everything fitness, health, and the challenge. Let's get on with the show. What's up guys, Coach Steve here, and welcome back to another episode of the Challenge Weekly Show. Today we're joined with our co-host, Coach Nick. Nick, how are we doing today? I'm very well, thanks Coach Steve. There's a little bit of sunshine in Melbourne, so that's nice. Yes, yes, it's a, it's great when the sun comes out. Um, but in classic Melbourne fashion, I believe it was raining earlier this morning. So uh, yeah, it was freezing. I had my puffer jacket on earlier this morning. So uh, yeah, I, I don't get it. I'm not look, sure. It's something else. But look, just to break the fourth wall here, Nick, we are recording this podcast on Friday the fourth of November. Ooh, and we are planning to launch this podcast on Tuesday the. 8th of November. So normally we record our podcast just the day before it is launched, but we're recording a little bit earlier, Nick, because next week I'm on a little bit of leave. I'm on a little bit of leave because I'm expecting the uh, birth of my second son, which will, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, uh, the 8th, yeah, yeah, it would have been yesterday. So uh, I would have announced uh, my my, my new boy uh, as of yesterday, but today uh in the future even though today is the past but we get it we're, we're there uh if you're following along um so that's exciting time for me so i'll be taking um a little bit of a little bit of annual leave nick's holding the fort down um and yeah i'm gonna be i'm gonna be a, a dad of two boys nick i'm gonna have a spotter on each side of me i'm gonna be really excited yeah that's so exciting we wish you all the very best we can't wait to hear everything about it and we wish laura the very best as well because she's the one that's going to have to do the hard work so yeah she's a trooper bring- bringing baby into the world and then um, you can help after that. (laughs) That's right. That's right. But look, Nick, it is an exciting time in the challenge. We've now moved into week three of the challenge, you know, getting close to that halfway mark. Technically halfway is at the end of week three because then we've got week four, five, six. Um, And since last podcast, this podcast, we've had our check-in, our phase one check-in where Mm -hmm. you were asked to upload your... um, progress photo. So a photo of yourself, uh, no entry document required. Um, we just need a photo of yourself, the front, back side, um, and your scale weight. So if you haven't already, make sure you complete that check-in. It's open as of uh, today, Friday the 4th, um, and you have up until the phase two check-in, which is at the end of week four to complete your phase one check-in. Um, so lots of time to do it, but it's just simply a check-in photo. Okay. Perfect. Now, Nick, uh, we always get really excited at this time because during this phase one check-in is the, the first glimpses at progress. First glimpses at progress mm-hmm. um, when people start to post photos of their start photo to the phase one check-in. We can start to see some changes. Now, firstly, it's always exciting to celebrate changes. It's always exciting to notice changes. However, we are just two weeks into a six-week challenge. There's still lots of time to be had. And if you're not like seeing any changes or noticing any changes or measuring any changes, that's okay. There's still time. Um, We might need to go through and audit how we're approaching the challenge, audit how you're following your nutrition plan or your nutrition strategy, whatever strategy you're choosing to follow, audit your approach to training and audit your environment. You know, how adherent are you to things like your step count or your stress or your sleep or your overall um, accumulation of, 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 fatigue in your body. So we just need to take a moment right now. It's a great time to think about it now. How can we improve over the next four weeks of the challenge? Very, very important because otherwise we won't be able to pivot and fix the things that we need to fix to get better. Absolutely. And, and that, that, that's really what it is because I think we all know deep down what we should be doing. 
We all yep. know what the answer is and whatever challenge you face, because we all face our own unique challenges in the challenge, whatever challenge you face, you may have the answer for. We can guide you, we can offer you suggestions or ask you the right questions, but ultimately you have the answer where you know maybe you're struggling to get more than 5,000 steps per day. How are you going to do that? I, I, I can't tell you. Maybe you have that answer and upon a little bit of reflection, you might think, oh, well, maybe I'll go for a walk before breakfast or maybe I'll go for a walk after dinner. Maybe I'll go for a walk during my lunch break or maybe I'll park the car a little bit further away from the supermarket and, and you know, walk through the car park, those types of little things just to get a few more steps in throughout the day. So, you know, you really do have the answer to questions that you're you're looking for. Definitely. That sounds like a, a, a Star Wars or something like that, but yeah, that's true. <laughs> Now, Nick, the next point I just want to make is uh, to for, for everyone to take a moment to go and confirm their start photo, not just to confirm that the photo has been uploaded, but to confirm that you are eligible for the M challenge. Now, to be eligible for the M challenge, you do need uh, the entry document or a current newspaper in your start photo. So if you did take a start photo um, with no entry document or no newspaper, you will just need to upload a new start photo especially if you want to be eligible for the final competition. Okay, that's the first thing. Second thing, there are some users who upload photos that are incorrectly cropped. You know, maybe they're, um, you know, take a, take a very wide shot photo of their entire living room and they're just like a little speck in the corner. So, you know, if you do want to just crop your image down so that you fit into the photo slot. Um, and also if you are really zoomed in, you might need to kind of zoom out your, your photo and change the sizing of the photo there, okay? Another challenge that we face is focus. Some individuals will post a photo that is out of focus, um, which makes it just really difficult for our judging panel because ultimately our judging panel wants to you know, compare your start and end photos. So if you do upload a photo that is um, poor quality lighting, maybe blurry, maybe a strange posture, or maybe you're, you're flexing or something like that, it's really difficult for our judges to kind of compare the before and after um, to make you eligible for the competition. So think about how easy could you make the judging process for our judges um, so that you can make the top 50, top 10, top three, win the challenge, whatever your goal is for the M challenge. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Just read the guidelines and make sure that you follow them. That's probably a really good idea. Now, Nick, now that we're in week three, we are transitioning into the, the next phase. Yes. Where you will notice a new training plan and a new nutrition plan populate. Mm -hmm. uh, you can simply follow what you were doing previously you know it's just two weeks the stimulus is still um, applicable so if you did go and maybe write down all your training plans on a piece of paper or maybe you found a rhythm with your meal prep and you like having certain meals on particular days you could simply follow that structure right to the end of the challenge you know no need to to change anything if you don't want to you will notice that in phase uh, two and phase three, there will be a decrease in your total caloric prescription or an increase depending on what your goal is. If your goal is to gain weight, there might be an increase. If your goal is to lose weight, there'll be a decrease. And there might be some new exercises populating into your training plan. Again, there's nothing particularly uh, specific about the changes in the training plan. Um, so you can simply continue the training plan they're following now if you'd like to. Um, but you know, a little bit of variety is always great for adherence and motivation, you know, keeping something new and fresh and a new stimulus for gaining muscle. Mm -hmm. In terms of the calorie drop, um, in most cases, simply follow the nutrition plan. However, 
if you have selected something like rapid weight loss um, and you are on quite low calories at the moment and you're kind of struggling on those low calories, it might not be wise to further decrease your calories, especially if you are consistently losing weight. So if you are measuring your weight loss on a weekly average, comparing your weekly average week to week, and you're losing maybe on the upper end, maybe 1% of your body weight each week or more, it may not be wise to further decrease your calories where you are increasing the calorie deficit or energy deficit and thus increasing your weight loss rate because you may be dipping into like the muscle loss kind of territory and you may be dis, uh, like dipping into that really highly fatiguing area of dieting where you are having extremely low calories um, while trying to maintain some physical activity. And that's where we end up in a high risk of a binging episode or a high risk of ultimately failure in the challenge. So if you uh, have determined that you are consistently losing weight, it may not be wise to continue to decrease your calories and follow the plan as it's structured, um, simply follow as is. However, for the majority of us, it's simply best just to follow the plan, okay? Mm -hmm. well, that's the same as if you're on moderate and you're losing weight, don't change it. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, or maybe on the other side, if you, are, if you have chosen steady weight loss and you haven't seen any significant weight loss yet, Firstly, I commend you for being patient if you're choosing the steady option. Uh, and secondly, it might be wise to then move, uh, continue to follow the plan just as is because you'll see that calorie decrease and you may start to see some weight loss uh, really starting to, to happen, okay? So just to summarize again, for most of us, simply follow the plan. However, for some of us, small percentage of us, um, you may not need to further decrease your calories, okay? Yeah, that one person maybe who chose the steady option. <laughs> Probably one. <laughs> now, Nick, uh, I have to admit something. Uh-oh, what? The ultimate, ultimate sin has occurred. What did you do? The ultimate sin has occurred. No, 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 no. Uh, look, my dear sister, I love her. She's returned back from Israel. She's doing really well with her uh, dog's weight loss. If you have been following the Challenge Weekly show where I spoke about her puppy who was at my mum's house who gained a bit of weight because my mum loves dogs and now she's on the weight loss journey for her puppy. Love it a bit. She came over to my house to see little baby George and she brought with her a tub of hummus. Of course. Nick. A tub of hummus in true Arab style um, as a gift. That's as a nice. Gift, right? <laughs> um, so... I found myself without thinking too much with a spoon in my hand, spoon in the tub of hummus straight into the gob. <laughs> and the ultimate sin has occurred where hummus is now in my house, Nick. Yes. So um, how are you going to handle it? Look, look, firstly, I wanted to admit this because there will be challenges out there who uh, will be looking at their own kryptonite, their own food that is their kryptonite throughout the challenge. That could be chocolate, that could be ice cream, that could be Fredo frogs, that could be cupcakes, that could be whatever your food of kryptonite-ism is. <laughs> you will be staring that food into the eye, staring the food in the eyes if food had little eyeballs. You'll be staring it right in the eyeballs and saying, no, I do not need to eat you, okay? What are we gonna do about it, right? So what I've chosen to do was firstly, I enjoyed my fix of hummus. It was in it was in my house, it was sitting on the kitchen table. I needed to have some hummus. So I had my spoon, had a little bit of bread, got my hummus. Oh, I got my fix, Nick. Yep. Then hummus went into the fridge, but not on the top shelf. Not in the front of the fridge. It went on the bottom shelf at the back of the fridge. Okay. 
The reason why was I didn't want to open the fridge every single day and look at this tub of hummus because I know every time I go to open the fridge, let it be to grab my meal prep or to grab some eggs or grab my veg, I'm going to look at that hummus, I'm going to pull it out, I'm going to grab a spoon and I'm going to say, ah, it's just a spoon of hummus. How bad is this, right? So if you have a kryptonite food in your house, first tip for you is get it out of sight. Right. Uh, first tip for you: get it out of sight. You know, don't make it easy to consume it because eventually you're only there's a, there's a, a, a number of times you look at something before you give into it. Okay, it could be once, it could be twice, it could be a hundred times. You're eventually going to give into it. Okay. And then number two, tip number two is that have your fix. Right, where you know if your food your kryptonite uh, uh, arrives in your house have your fix because that's the only thing you're going to think about because i knew that if this tub of hummus went straight into the fridge i'm just going to think about it i'm going to dream about it uh i'm not going to i'm, gonna, I'm not going to sleep well uh i'm going to be distracted for everything this podcast i'm going to think about hummus if i didn't have my fix that's what i'm going to think about so i had my fix nick i had my fix and yeah. now it's in the back of the fridge so that's my two tips if your kryptonite food ends up in your house by a well-meaning family member who comes over with gifts bearing gifts have your hummus get it out of sight is my tip Wow. Okay. Um, that's a really good tip. And I'm really glad this podcast wasn't completely about hummus. <laughs> well, look, it can be <laughs> if we let it be. Uh, but no, let's let's uh, move on from our hummus, Nick. Yeah. Hummus got there, but we're good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Nick. Like Keith, you mm. would. Let's move on to our next segment here. We have our community highlights where we highlight some members of our community. So Nick, take us away. Who would you like to highlight this week? All right. So first one up is Annette Aston. Hi, Annette. She goes, I feel like I'm on the comeback trail, loving my time in the gym and I'm feeling great. And this is my favorite day of the week because on Fridays we flex. Have a great weekend, everybody. So that's a nice one. That's that's nice. Simple, sweet. Uh, Annette, keep flexing. You kicking goals, love it. Yeah, good on you, Annette. Next one, Nicole Bones. I have finally uploaded my photo on the app. It's been with such hesitation as I didn't want to see exactly how much I've let myself go. Glad I did now because I'm accountable for getting myself to the point and I'm accountable for getting myself to where I want to be. So she she said accountable for getting myself to this point and accountable for getting myself to where I want to be. So yeah, she's taken accountability, which I'll speak about later in the podcast, but um I think that that's wonderful because that's the first step to getting what you want, taking responsibility. Yeah, so good, Nicole. Congratulations for taking that first step. And, you know, we're excited to see where you go with this. Can't wait. Next one is Lucy Pickles, best name ever. So NSV, um, knee pain is something I've been living with for almost 20 years. My first ACL reconstruction was at 14 and my second at 19. Three years ago, I tore my meniscus and didn't realize for three months because I thought it was just a bit sore and the doctors and physios said I wasn't in enough pain. For three, the past three weeks, I pushed myself out of my comfort zone when training while being very conscious of my limitations. I can now report that my pain has decreased. I won't lie. It did go up in the first two weeks, but I managed it as prescribed by my doctor. And now my knees, particularly the one with the torn meniscus, are feeling the best they've felt in years. So Coach Steve, I know you'll have things to say. Oh, oh yes, oh yes. Firstly, we need to make a knee joke whenever knees come up. Mm -hmm. um, something about, you know, we don't need any knee pain, right? Yeah. Uh, second thing is that, Lucy, I, I appreciate that. You know, myself, I have had an ACL reconstruction in my early 20s, um, you know, bucket handle tear of my meniscus, um, you know, quite worn down articular cartilage. And um, I have late stage arthritis in my knee. 
uh, osteoarthritis, but they're all just titles. They're all just things. They're not, they're not, they're just labels. They're not me. Okay. That's the, that's the first step. Um, secondly, you know, some really great research about, um, you know, non-operative approaches to knee pain, specifically on meniscus tears or ACL tears. Um, so I chose to have my knee reconstructed because I wanted to be able to change direction in sports. Um, however, many of us can thrive after an ACL tear without the reconstruction, and many of us can thrive um, after meniscus tears without any surgical intervention, which Lucy, you've experienced here. So you've been guided really well by doctors and physios. Um, maybe if the advice was, you know, your pain isn't enough, might not have been the correct type of language to, to use. Um, however, it sounds like you've correctly managed your load, found out what is within your tolerance range, you know, less than maybe a five out of 10 in your, your pain level, um, scaled that, learned how to manage your symptoms, and now you have rebuilt strength in your leg so that, you know, it feels really great. And that is uh, straightforward advice I would give to anybody experience any sort of pain or longstanding, um, you know, not quite right ism i wouldn't say an injury but you know if you've got a shoulder that's not quite right or hip that's not quite right firstly it's all that uh, load management you know how much can this uh, body part manage in terms of volume intensity um, recovery those types of um, variables and then working on building strength in that joint through a, a large range of motion which lucy sounds like you kicked in all the goals how good love it uh keep going I knew you'd love that one. I did. I did. So mm. good. Nick, I've got a couple I'd like to highlight. Let's speed through it. First one goes okay. out to uh, Bridie Lee, the M Challenge uh, runner-up, second place, um, who, Nick, I believe you have recorded a, a podcast with Bridie. Is that correct? I have. I have. You it have? was really cool. We had a great time. She will tell us all about all her animals. She has snakes. She has <sighs> dogs. Um, she's really good with animals. It's amazing. She's like an animal sanctuary, and that's just her kind of part-time job. <laughs> love that. love that. I'm excited to listen to that one. So, you know, Nick and I have gone through and interviewed most of the top 10 finalists of the July M Challenge, and they'll yeah. be released on Fridays. On Fridays, um, we have the Challenge Weekly Show on Tuesdays. So we are releasing two podcasts a week. So you can spend one uh, episode listening to us in the Challenge Weekly Show, and then another episode listening to previous top 10 finalists, which are really great to listen to because they often share their own challenges, their own experiences, maybe even like a few tips and tricks thrown in there as well. And, and ultimately their, their story, who they are. And you may find that you're not that different to someone who finished in the top 10. So if that's one of your big goals is maybe get in the top 10 or top three or win the challenge, go check out the top 10 interviews. We have a whole range of them going back years of different uh, top 10 finalists that we have inter interviewed across um, the previous Max and Maxine challenge and now the M challenge. So don't miss that one. No, don't miss it. Nick. Briley Lee, Briley writes, my daughter joined me at the gym yesterday for our first ever session together. She loved it and we've locked it in for twice a week. She's always been an active girl. Now she's working on building her strength and fitness for aerial silks and her cross country running. Oh, I love it when uh, kids join their parents in the gym. I love inspiring the next generation to get into not only fitness, but into strength training, into lifting weights. And Bridie mm. has done that with her daughter, Nick. How good. That's so awesome. Good on you, Bridie. That's really good. Good mama. 
Next one here goes to Sharon Bacons. Sharon Bacons, and Sharon writes, normally don't post on here, but follow everyone's progress quietly. Definitely out of my comfort zone posting these, but figure that's what this challenge is about. I'm determined to finish this challenge. Think I can subtly see differences, but definitely feeling better. Nick, Sharon posted a couple of photos, a couple of progress photos of herself. And I think this is what the challenge really is all about. You know, stepping out of your comfort zone, maybe challenging some of your own beliefs, let that be maybe the, the normal way you've been doing things, maybe challenging your own thought patterns. Oh, I'm not good enough for this. I wanna hide in the shadows, X, Y, and Z. And Sharon's challenged that. She's challenged it, she stepped out of the comfort zone and posted some progress photos of yourself. So kicking goals, Sharon, I love it. Let's see what you can do. Absolutely. That's um, absolutely brilliant. I love it. Um, yeah, it's good when you get out of your comfort zone and put yourself out there. I think that's when things change. Yeah, that's when things change outside the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Nick, last one here goes to Carly Megs. Carly Megs. And Carly writes, hashtag NSV, a non-scale victory, NSV, nutrition. She writes, I've been feeling fatigued and worried that I might not be able to sustain enough energy for the whole six weeks. Thanks to Annette Aston, who we had a community highlight just a few minutes ago, for taking me through my food options, encouraging me to swap out some of my protein at lunch, too much bulking in one meal, removing my beloved balsamic vinegar as dressing and choosing a better source of that energy as sandwich thin and adding a burn bar as a snack. Today I've learned that all food is energy, but not all energy is created equal. Late to the party, she writes. As Nicoletta keeps saying, what is measured can be managed. Woo, Carly. I get it. I get a mention. Carly, <laughs> Carly's reverse. dropping all the bombs. She's mentioning Nick in the community mm-hmm. highlight, and she's mentioning Annette as well. Love it, Carly. I'm glad that you know we're starting to really explore the realms of, of nutrition. Um, I think that we can go down very deep rabbit holes in nutrition, like we've, we've spoken about in previous episodes of the Challenge podcast. However, the crux of it is that you know all food is essentially energy, but not all energy is uh, equal. You know, uh, different food sources does have different nutritional qualities. Sure, you can get, uh, you know, lean and ripped by eating chocolate and drinking beer, but you probably feel like crap along the way. Uh, you probably feel really great and nourishing your body by providing yourself with some good quality energy, um, which Carly has highlighted here. How good? 100%. Love it. Nick, let's move on to the next segment here. We have our Coach's Corner where we offer our tip for the week. So, Nick, take us away. What advice do you have for us? Here I am sitting in the corner being a coach. So um, I'm going to just quickly talk about accountability, the magic of staying accountable. So it's not really magic, but it, it sort of feels like magic when things start to slot into place for you. And I think having interviewed the the top tens um, in the last couple of weeks, it's reminded me so much about how important it is to hold yourself accountable to decisions that you may have made, no matter what happens in your life beyond those decisions because there are going to always be times where you might choose you know you might have a path where you might go I'm not going to worry about this decision anymore it doesn't mean anything to me so accountability is really important and I think uh, the top tens all had that in common this time where they all said you know being accountable was so important and um, look top 10 what, what else do you really want so uh, as we said before you know that success leaves clues 
So I'm just going to say eight ways that I think that you can keep yourself accountable in the challenge or in life. So accountable just means for this, it just means something that you promised yourself that you will do and you hold yourself to it. So if it's losing weight, if it's going to the gym every day, how do you hold yourself to it? So the first one is, I think, removing blame. So um, it's not as aggressive as it sounds. It just means not saying, I'm not trying to put the app under the bus, but not saying it's the app's fault. It's not saying that it's that the gym was too busy, so I didn't go. It's always bringing it back to you and going, what can I do? So we have legs, we can walk, walking outside is free. So things like that, um, really accepting responsibility for things. So removing blame, not blaming others, understanding that our circumstances will change sometimes, but holding ourselves to account. Setting clear goals, because how are you supposed to achieve goals if you do not know what they are? So sometimes sitting down, like I've said before, and writing your goals down is really important because you might find out the goal that you thought that you had is not actually the one that you have, which is why you're finding it so hard to achieve it. So it might be that you're a runner, but you've been told to lift weights every single day. And you're like, well, I still want to run, but I'm a bit worried that you know, it's not what I'm meant to do. And so then you find yourself not going to the gym as much and everything turns worse. So you've got to do something that works for you with your goals. No matter what we say to you, you need to have your goals other than if your goals are to eat 20 Fredo frogs and 10 cans of, um, I don't know, beer a day, um, unless you put it into your calories, I'm not sure. But um, the next one is reward yourself when you achieve positive outcomes. So um, it doesn't necessarily have to be with food. I wouldn't probably choose that as a reward. I'd probably choose something else. It could be something really nice, like a self-care thing. It could be a massage, something that's in line with your goals. It could be um, a new piece of gym equipment if you um, gym from home, or it could be a new accessory to take for the gym to the gym. So maybe some new um, you know, uh, wrist wraps or some chalk or, you know, I mean, maybe that just sounds like me, things that I would like or some active wear, um, a new gym bag, something that you, you can sort of see as a tangible thing, maybe some gym shoes, that when you, um, reach, when you achieve a certain goal, you can kind of tick that off and go, okay, I've rewarded myself. Let's move forward. Yeah. So do what you enjoy is another one, which I kind of touched on before. So, you know, Obviously, you're not going to enjoy every single session, but if you enjoy a run, if you enjoy swimming, if you enjoy riding a bike, incorporate that into your program. Don't take it away just because we're primarily a weights-based program. Um, you also, we're also a living your best life program. So we really encourage you to do all this so then you have the energy to do what you want to do in life. Um, remind yourself of your achievements. So usually no one else is going to. You know, uh, even when you lose weight or when you do something pretty cool, people might say that's great or you look great, but then when it all dries up, you've got to watch out that you're not kind of relying on people to give you that kind of a hit when people go, oh, you look great, and then people don't say it anymore and you think, do I still look great? You know, watch out for that. So remind yourself of your achievements. Write them down, take photos, um, do comparison photos, shout it out to the world, but make sure that you know. Um, and also, obviously, with training, uh, write everything down, keep a log of everything so then you can see what's going on. That's why we like our data. Develop healthy habits. So um, that's really good to stay accountable because 
they are things that you can sustain for a long time. Unhealthy habits, obviously you can too, but healthy habits are the things that are actually going to make you feel better in your mind and your body. That could be something as easy as going to sleep a little bit earlier, half an hour earlier, um, making sure that, you know, you exchange sugary soft drink for maybe just some normal water, um, you know, habit stacking, like somebody on the, I think it was Chantel on the Facebook group said that she was uh, watching TV, a, a series while she was on her treadmill. And that was the only time that she let herself watch that series. So I thought that was an amazing habit stack. So that sort of thing, um, go for a walk while you're making your phone calls in the morning, if you work from home. Um, yeah, the next thing is keep keep to a schedule or schedule, whatever, whichever way you like to say it. So keep to a routine and stick to it because that's the only way that you're going to be able to produce results. Um, if you are willy-nilly about it and you go, oh, I won't get up, it doesn't really matter. I want you to picture yourself at the end of the day when you know you get busy and go, do I feel good about myself there? That's sort of what motivates me sometimes to get out of bed. So um, stick to what works for you with your routine. It doesn't matter if you train in the morning or night, as long as you do it. And once again, similar to the other one of, um, of remind yourself of your achievements, actually keep track of your progress. So that means, yes, step on the scale, write it down somewhere. Forget about the number once you've done it, but I'm telling you, that's the way that you're going to see those numbers change. If you don't know the numbers, then you are more likely to have extra snacks, do things that are not conducive to the numbers changing in the way that you would like them to over time because you are putting your head in the sand. So do not put your head in the sand, rise up and be accountable. Thank you very much. Coach Nick in the red corner, dropping bombs <laughs> on. Bang, yeah. bang. Magic of, of accountability, gosh. Mm -hmm. Thanks. How good, Nick. No, that's uh, some, some really powerful advice. And uh, I, I think you're right, especially that last point, you know, get your head out of the sand. Don't mm -hmm. be like, a, well, what animal would put their head in the sand? I think like the- Ostrich, they yeah, do that. The stereotype is like a cartoon ostrich popping yeah. their head in the, in the sand. But, you know, face, face your data, face yourself. And ultimately, um, I think we all need to take a little bit of responsibility of, uh, you know, our own- future right um you know our own progress towards any any sort of goal and you know that might take uh some some steps like removing any blame it's no one else's fault like i could easily blame my sister for bringing hummus into my mm -hmm. my house ah it's your fault that i'm eating a tub of hummus while i'm you know watching what is popular on netflix these days i'm, I'm not sure nick uh or i could take it on myself be like all right this has happened what am i going to do about it or right, i'm going to enjoy it put it in the fridge it out of sight all right i've taken accountability for that you know extreme ownership like jocko willing talks about you know it's about making it our problem and looking for a solution to our problem whatever problem we face yeah perfect <laughs> Jeez, got some got some hoons in my street all right Nick. <laughs> <laughs> uh look i would like to talk about pre-workouts pre-workouts but I'm not talking about pre-workout supplements because they're mm -hmm. really great. I'm not talking about pre-workout nutrition, which often we go down a rabbit hole of, oh, what should I eat as pre-workout nutrition? The main summary is that we just want to simply have a meal in the hours leading up to training, let it be within you know one to three hours, having a, a full quality meal, or if it's within an hour to training, you know having something that's really easy to digest, maybe like a piece of fruit or even a protein shake, something like that as a pre-workout nutrition. But Nick, today I want to talk about pre-workout hydration, pre-workout hydration. And I would argue that pre-workout hydration is 
way up the top of priorities that we should be focusing on. Um, and for many of us, we, we push it away, not even thinking about pre-workout hydration, okay? So what should we be doing? When we train, we need to have our body primed to be able to complete a task, complete the workout, complete the exercise that we want to do. For our body to operate optimally, we need to have an adequate level of hydration. We need it for our cells to work normally. We need it for our nervous system to work normally. We need it for our brain to function. And if you are dehydrated, if you are dehydrated in any sense, um, that's going to lead to some form of lethargy or fatigue or just feeling tired. Okay. And you may find if you have a really poor quality workout, a really poor quality session in the gym, it might be because you are just simply dehydrated. You haven't consumed enough water. So what do we do about pre-workout hydration? Firstly, first thing I want to comment on is that saying to drink X amount of water per day or prior to a session or whatever it is, is not great information. So if I'm telling you, hey, Nick, or hey, listener, you need to consume one liter of water one hour prior to training, that's, that's, that's not helpful for anybody. The reason why is because every one of us is different in our body. Like I am about 100 kilos of Coach Steve. Nick, you're what, 60, 70 odd kilos. You're much smaller than I am. So we would need different water quantities to reach the same level of hydration in our body right mm -hmm. number two our environments are different you know we're in melbourne it's a little bit sunny right now you might be listening to this in you know north queensland or out in perth or something or even in another country around the world and that has different climate different environment you may have a different job to us maybe you are working in a really hot environment really physically active environment where you know coach nick and i are in the the comfort of our homes with with air conditioning you know climate isn't an issue our own hydration requirements are different so we can't say you need to drink x amount of liters prior to training. However, you should be consuming water leading up to your training session to ensure that you are adequately hydrated. How do we know that we're hydrated? I think we all kind of deep down intuitively know. So if you were to take an order right now and rate your hydration on a one to 10, we could all kind of like create a number and we go, well, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm currently sitting on maybe a six out of 10. That's me talking right now. My mouth is a little bit dry, my lips are a little bit dry. I kind of want to drink. I haven't really drunk uh, water for the past maybe hour or so. I don't want to drink because I'm thinking about it. Nick, you might want to have a drink right now. Person who's listening, you might want to have a drink right now. And it's okay if you do. So I think we all kind of know all right, how hydrated am I right this moment. Now, for most of us, for our training sessions, we want to be you know, above, a, above a five at least. Right? Above a five out of ten at least. You know, So for me, I could probably go and train right now. I'm adequately hydrated. However, if I just woke up, at five o'clock in the morning and I want to go train at 5.30, I probably need to consume a lot of water to reach an adequate level of hydration. And you might find that you really wake up a lot more than when you take a cup of coffee by actually having a bunch to drink. Okay, so that's the, the, the second thing. Next, it's important to consider how close you are consuming water prior to your session. So if I guzzled like a liter of water, you know, maybe five or 10 minutes just before I walk into my garage to go and train, my stomach's going to be really, really distended. I try to put my weightlifting belt on and I try to like, you know, brace and do the Valsalva maneuver. And, you know, all I feel is just water slushing around inside of me. Mm, not wise. It's going to negatively impact my session. Okay. And then number four, a little hack or shortcut to hydration is to add some salt uh, to either your water 
or add some salt to things like your pre-workout. Okay, I've spoken about salt in your pre-workout prior uh, in previous episodes. Gosh, Nick, maybe 40 episodes ago or so. Yeah, I can't um, remember which one. <laughs> it's, it was a while ago. But essentially, you know, having salt prior to uh, your workout, if you are having a pre-workout, helps with hydration and also helps with nerve functions. So that could be a little bit of a shortcut to make sure that you are optimally um, hydrating and collecting as much water as you can. And it might help you to stop uh, needing to pee in the middle of your session. So if you find you get halfway through your session, you're like, oh, I gotta go to the toilet and it ruins your, your vibe. Maybe a pinch of salt in your pre-workout can be that little bit of a hint. So Nick, in the coach's corner here, in the blue corner, uh, my tip for you this week is to think about pre-workout hydration um, along with pre-workout nutrition and along with pre-workout supplements, pre-workout supplements, the super summaries, you know, we mainly want caffeine prior to our workouts. Pre-workout really ticks all the boxes. Think about your water, drink plenty of water. Be careful you don't drink it in the minutes leading up to your workout or you may really not have a fun time. Pinch of salt can go a long way, Nick. Water. Pinch of salt can go a long way. It does, it does. Ah, water, what a funny name. It's it's the ninja's favorite drink, water. <laughs> it's, um. you're funny today um yeah it's it's a it's one that a lot of people are emotionally invested in the topic of water <laughs> there's that's, a lot of a lot of things right. going on yeah that's right um and you know just to make comments about a, a a certain post on both the forum and our facebook social hub yes you can consume too much water um no there's not a number of how much is too much for you again because you're different body size different shape different environment different uh physical needs um, and three, it's probably really, 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 really with many really difficult uh, to consume too much water because your body has built in mechanisms to avoid that. You know, if you just start guzzling water, you may find that you're really full and that's going to stop you from drinking too much water. Okay, so drink when you're thirsty, uh, maybe drink it just a little bit more just to make sure you're optimally hydrated. Most of us would benefit from a little bit more water than we probably do right now. Um, however, you know, you probably don't need to be super concerned about uh, hyperhydration. It is a thing, we respect that, um, but there's probably a few other higher risk things happening while we're dieting than drinking too much water. Yeah. Nick, let's move on to our question and answer segment where we answer some questions from the community. And most of these questions actually came from the forum. Mm. So the first question here comes from Vicky. And Vicky writes, should I keep intuitive eating? I tend to not be hungry during the day, so I don't eat and then I slip up in the evening. Do I try the plan even though I'm not hungry in the morning? Nick, lots to unpack. What advice do you have for Nikki? Vicky. Hi, Vicky. Okay, so Vicky, a couple of things. One is um, you, yeah, so let's just let's just park the, the concept of intuitive eating for a minute. But um, I tend to not be hungry during the day and I don't eat. Then I slip up in the evening. Now, um I'm assuming in the evening you are absolutely like beside yourself with hunger. And so you eat anything and everything in sight because that is just your body's natural way of going, I'm bloody hungry. And before you know it, like you're like Steve with the tub of, tub of hummus, you know, it's gone. Everything's gone because when you're starving like that, it's really hard to make good decisions. And also it's it's hard to actually allow, give your body time to actually tell you that it's full as well. So, um, 
that's the first thing. The The second thing is also like the reason that you might not be hungry during the morning is because you are full still from the night before um, if you've eaten all your calories in one go at nighttime. So I don't know if it's something that you tend to be or if it's just because of your habits. So I would definitely try the plan. Um, I think that a couple of days of trying to eat in the morning would actually then help to regulate your appetite throughout the entire day. And I don't think that you would then have as much of a chance of binging well, or you know, overeating in the evening because you are starving. So I would try the plan, either the plan or just something in the mornings so you can actually kickstart your day in the best way because um, I think sometimes if you're trying to if it's a fast or something like that, which we, you know we don't really endorse that, but um, you would probably you'd probably be planning that meal and you wouldn't say the word slip up. So the now the best the best the other bit that I want to talk about is intuitive eating. So that isn't intuitive eating because your hunger has overridden any intuition there whatsoever because your intuition is just to feed yourself and most likely it'll be hyper palatable quite calorific food because when you tend to you know go without food for quite some time that's the first thing you want to reach for reach for so that's why you say slip up not because you've actually eaten something because in this you don't sort of say because you say you slip up by eating something it's like well when were you planning on eating something because if you're saying that you're slipping up by eating something that doesn't make sense to me so you're obviously eating quite a bit of stuff that maybe is just that hyper palatable quick energy type of food that um, then gives you a bit of a crash as well. So that isn't really intuitive eating. Intuitive eating is kind of when you have a really good idea of the amounts that you need to eat and consume of food during the day and you don't track it, but you have a fairly good idea because perhaps you've done it for a long time and you sort of know pretty much the weights of things and stuff just by eyeballing and you go with what your body wants. So you may miss a meal here and there if you're not hungry, but that is also because you have topped yourself up. So you wouldn't go on a massive big vendor of food as well. So I would say, please try the plan and um, don't stress if you're quote unquote, not hungry. What you might actually be is slightly hungry, but you are used to the feeling of hunger being that 10 out of 10. I just need to to eat otherwise I'm going to eat you know my computer so um I think your scale of hunger might be a little bit skewed and um there's nothing wrong with any of this this is just all the things that you might have created as a habit that we can sort of unpack a little bit and um start to build some new habits for you that might serve you better in the long run because you are really trying and I, I like this question and thanks for asking it great answer Nick, uh, I'd like to make two comments, if, if, uh -huh. if you may. Number one is, uh, Vicky, you know, just that last point, do I try the plan even though I'm not hungry? Uh, you know, you're suggesting that you're, quote, slipping up, or whatever that means to you. It, it's significant. I'm slipping up implying that, you know, I'm not maybe making progress like I, I want to or um, following a strategy that I want to. I'm slipping up. If your strategy is not working, um my question would be well why aren't you trying the plan right you know we we 
offer the challenge, which has been successful for thousands of people. You've signed up to the challenge asking for advice and support, something like a plan, um, and your current plan isn't working. Um, you may need to review your, your current strategy and maybe uh, try another one such as the challenge plan um, or you know another strategy. So that's the, the first thing I'd like to suggest to, to Vicky is um, you know, if your current strategy isn't working, you may need to try something else. Um, and the second one, intuitive eating, um, that, that's a whole podcast in itself, Nick. Um, mm. I, I, would, I would argue that uh, intuitive eating is almost something we were all in prior to the challenge. Prior to us finding the challenge, we were all intuitive eating because the majority of us probably found a kind of homeostasis, a balance, an equilibrium, a maintenance of our body weight at that time. So, you know, if I was, you know, overweight coach Steve, 100 and uh, let's say 30 odd kilos, and I was maintaining 130 kilos over years, that's my intuitive eating because I've maintained that weight. So to develop intuitive eating is almost like developing a maintenance phase where we maintain our body weight, where it doesn't go up, doesn't go down, because we kind of understand our body needs to stay where we are. And to develop intuitive eating, once we've reached our goal, you know, for weight loss is a skill that can take some time. So yes, intuitive eating is, is, is a brilliant strategy. However, for many of us who may have struggled with our body weight in the past, may not have the skills, both, um, you know, technical skills and, you know, mental, emotional skills to manage intuitive eating where our body weight stays consistent. So, you know, Coach Nick, you'd be a great example where intuitive eating is probably second nature to you, where you may not follow a plan super 110% written down to the gram. You kind of know, okay, yeah, this is roughly a dinner portion for me. This is a roughly a, a lunch portion for me. And this is how I might go through a weight loss phase and a maintenance phase without maybe weighing every single gram of every single food because you've developed that skill over time. So, you know, if, if Vicky listening to this or anybody else who might be like, oh, I want to kind of go into flexible dieting or, or intuitive eating, I'm going to suggest maybe invest some time to develop those skills first. Um, and then, you know, intuitive eating could be the goal over the next, you know, maybe three, six, 12 months or so. Yep. Perfect. Nick. Uh, next question here comes from Luke, and this was a kind of a long question uh, talking about creatine, but the sum super summary was uh, Luke was kind of asking, you know, why should he take creatine, right, uh, in a long-winded paragraph. Um, we're talking a lot about creatine, but let's give Luke the, the super summary of why should you take creatine. So firstly, what is creatine? Creatine is an amino acid derivative. Um, it's found naturally in um, uh, animal products, things like red meat and, and seafoods, um, but in very small traces. So majority of creatine, specifically creatine monohydrate, is actually made in a, in a lab, which is um, much more palatable in the body than the small traces in animal products. Creatine affects what's called the Krebs cycle, which is how our body creates energy. Um, and what it does is when um, and the action is made in the body, like when you move your arm, move your mouth, like I'm talking, lifting weights, doing those types of activities. Whenever a muscle contracts, um, it requires a molecule that we call ATP, um, adenotriphosphate. ATP to be there, and it's almost like the little helper. Whereas when, when one muscle goes to contract, the little ATP is like, come on, buddy, you can do it. And it's there, and it says contract. Um, and then the ATP goes, ah, okay, great, perfect. And what happens? ATP, adenotriphosphate, three phosphates, uh, transforms into adenodiphosphate, right? Um, the, it, it, it loses one phosphate. So instead of three phosphates, it becomes two phosphates. Um, and then 
um, you know, it needs to go through the recycling process in the Krebs cycle. What creatine does is it comes in, it helps that ATP or the adenodiphosphate turn back into um, adenotriphosphate um, through, through the process of, of uh, a creatine uh, kinase type situation. Now, we would benefit from supplementing creatine just so we have more ATP in our body, you know, more helpers going, yeah, you can do it, so that our muscles can contract over, over time, right? Um, more creatine we have, the stronger we become, the more um, slightly endurance that we have in, in heavier loads, uh, and it also has some really positive effects in brain function um, and overall health, okay? Creatine works via saturation in our muscle bellies over time. So it's not like pre-workout, it's not like you need to take it, you know, half an hour prior to your workout or anything like that, like that. The creatine that you're probably consuming right now is creatine that you saturated, you know, a week or a month ago, okay? So the loading strategies are simple. Either we can load 10 grams of creatine monohydrate um, per day over a week and we reach our saturation levels, let's say, you know, 100% over that, or that week. Um, then what we would need to do is to maintain that saturation level by having five grams of creatine per day, right? We want to have that daily. Um, you know, yeah, okay, we could miss a day or two here and there, um, but, you know, if you're starting to miss out on, you know, three, four, five days in a row, we can start to begin that washout period, which can take, uh, you know, for some individuals up to two weeks to wash out creatine from their, their system. Um, but, you know, it can begin to to decrease you know just in a couple of days so we do want to kind of top up our creatine by maintaining about five grams per day consistently so that's option one we do a load 10 grams and then maintain five grams um, or we can just start the maintenance phase which is five grams per day and it'll take you a month to reach um, saturation levels uh, and then you just need to maintain that over time okay creatine probably the most researched ergogenic aid, ergogenic aid meaning uh, performance enhancing supplement, most researched supplement, Coach Steve's number one supplement to take. Heck, I would I would recommend taking creatine over protein powders or even caffeine. Uh, so take your creatine, uh, take your creatine, take your creatine, your body will love it. Um, and I've been taking creatine since, gosh, I was like a, a late teenager, 18 or so. Um, pretty consistently throughout my, my, my adult life. Uh, Long-term studies, no negative side effects. Uh, some individuals worry that creatine is going to make you bloated. doesn't work like that. It makes your muscles uh, hold more water, so you make it look bigger, which is awesome. Um, it doesn't affect subcutaneous water retention. So take your creatine, take your creatine, take your creatine. Take your creatine. Take your creatine. If you missed that one, take your creatine. Yeah, I just made a video about creatine that's going to go up on the um, Instagram so you can see me. Talking about Crea Burn as well, if you really want to. So By the good. time you watch this, it'll be probably up. <laughs> Not watch, listen. <laughs> listen. You can listen yeah. to this and watch Coach Nick talk about creatine on Instagram. Yeah, at the same time. At and the then message time. me. Well, not message me, message on the Facebook group. <laughs> Give me something to do while Coach Steve is away. <laughs> Nick. Next question here comes from Elise. Elise writes, mm -hmm. not sure if this has been asked or anything along those lines, but what is the best way to deal with extra hunger coming up to that time of the month? Nick, what advice do you have for Elise? Oh, well, okay. So Elise, I think um, that that's a very valid question. And um, anyone who experiences that does know that it's, it's a real thing, but we can also really kind of use that as an excuse to um, really give into to things that we would say are cravings. What we really need is probably something that's just a little bit more 
carb heavy, but, um, you know, you could go your rice, your pasta, things like that. They just give us that little bit more energy because we're, we get quite tired at that time of the month. Um, and yeah, we can kind of mistake that for needing chocolates and things. But what I generally do if I can um, is just take my calories. If I'm in a deficit, if I'm not, then it doesn't matter so much. But this is probably more when dieting, take my calories just back up to maintenance for a couple of days. So um, nothing bad will happen there. Gives me a little bit of more wiggle room to just eat some extra of what I would normally eat anyway. And um, happy days. So that's just what I would do, just really, really simple. So more of what's on your plan, for example, um, more rice, more oats, um, maybe some nice air fried sweet potatoes, things like that. I mean, that's let's go crazy. But yeah, you don't really need to be piling on um, all the sugary, fatty things because it's not going to necessarily make you or your body feel any better. So I'd just be going some of those extra nice, good, um, easy to digest foods, um, you know, even your oats, things like that, that are yummy, just yummy, but things that are still packed with with nice things that keep you nice and full as well, some fiber. That's what I would say. Yeah, so good. I guess I, I can't make a lot of comments about time of the month. Um, it's something I don't, I don't experience. Um, but I, I would just recommend to Elise to think about, you know, why you're doing the challenge. Um, is, is that more powerful, like the why, um, then, you know, those hunger cravings. So, you know, if you are experiencing hunger cravings, let it be if you're on your uh, menstrual cycle, or if you are just simply hungry, it may be worth reflecting and going, well, you know, do I need more food right now? Am I, you know, actually hungry? Can I wait, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes? Can I go for a walk? Can I drink some more water? Um, is that enough to kind of negate those hunger um, pains? Uh, you know, is there a way we can change our language around that being like, I'm, I'm starving, maybe like Vicky, uh, in earlier in the question and answer, oh, I'm starving, I haven't eaten all day, I'm gorging on food versus oh, I'm a little bit peckish, maybe I'll have some, you know, carrot sticks, or maybe just a slightly bigger portion in my next meal. Um, you know, that might be more powerful. And think about your why. Mm, definitely, definitely. And yeah, look, that's the other thing that we must acknowledge. If you're on if you're in a calorie deficit, you are going to feel hungry. So, you know, if you're in an energy deficit, there is going to be an element of hunger there no matter what time of the month. Big final question here is from Luke again. <laughs> Luke, it's your, it's your episode this week of the, the Challenge Weekly Show. Uh, but oh. Luke asked a question on uh, the, the forum about um, weighing food raw versus uh, cooked um, and if there's any benefits from consuming foods raw versus cooked foods mm -hmm. okay um, so firstly first part is um, you know should you weigh your food raw or cooked in the uh, M challenge nutrition plan you will find a, a bit of information if you should weigh that food um, raw or cooked so you'll find in brackets after every food item if it's measured uh, raw cooked dried boiled steamed because uh, all have different different weights now the standard is that we provide you with information on the raw weight simply because when you prepare or cook each food item um, that weight can change very quickly so if you grab some like let's say beef steak you put it on a, a, a fry pan um, and if you cook it raw versus um, medium rare uh, versus well done, they're going to have different weights at the end. If you um, decide to prepare certain foods in different ways, let's say vegetables, if you prepare it by um, blanching it or steaming it or frying it or roasting it, it's going to change the cooked weight at the end. So if we um, told you the cooked weight, that weight could be very different um, 
uh, across different cooking methods. So we offer you information on the raw weight and you can prepare it however you like. Now, in saying that, you could weigh your food in, in any way. So if it says, you know, 100 grams of rice, for example, you could measure that dry or cooked um, as long as you're consistent with that measurement. So even if the plan says 100 grams of dry rice and you are measuring 100 grams of cooked rice, all you need to do is you know, be consistent with that measurement, um, track your body weight changes. Are you losing weight, yes or no? If you are, keep doing it, no dramas, keep going. Um, if you're not losing weight, simply reduce that portion size. So instead of 100 grams of cooked or raw, uh, just have 90 grams of cooked or raw. And that is just a different method. Instead of trying to be really accurate with our total calorie intake, if you're just consistently incorrect, like we spoke about last challenge, uh, sorry, last episode of the Challenge Weekly Show, you can um, you know, drive yourself to weight loss even if you are inconsistently measuring something, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, the conversation around cooked or raw, um, you know, in, in, in most cases, uh, cook your meats, right? Uh, so don't eat raw chicken, please, no. Um, you know, most cases, cook your eggs. Uh, raw eggs can have um, some problems with them, so please um, cook any animal products. In terms of fruits and vegetables, there's no issue with consuming foods um, raw um, or cooking them. Yes, you can go down a rabbit hole about different nutritional quantities versus raw versus um, cooked weights and, and such. You can also go down deep rabbit holes about the, the seasonal um, qualities of food. You know, are you having this apple when it's in season? How ripe is this banana? Um, that's another rabbit hole to go down. And in often cases, the rabbit hole isn't worth the squeeze, uh, meaning that, you know, we, it's probably not wise to waste time thinking about, oh, is this going to be not more nutritious if I try to go organic versus, um, you know, uh, pesticide uh, fruits and vegetables, or am I going to consume this food raw or cooked or blanched or steamed or tinned or frozen? Consume the food, measure it the same. Um, it's going to have very similar calorie intake, maybe a couple calorie points different. It's going to have very similar nutritional values. Um, and ultimately, you can prepare your food however you wish. There's no right or wrong. No right or wrong, just be safe with it. Just be, just be safe, practice good um, cooking habits, um, you know, use a, a, a fridge um, after you cook your foods and, you know, be wise with your, with your meal prep, right? Yep. Nick, let's wrap it up there for episode number 90, 9-0 of the Challenge Weekly Show. Recorded a few days early, so I'm going to be on a little bit of leave next week. We made good it. Good luck. Good luck, I know. I'm going to need All the it. best. It's going to be great. So if you enjoyed this episode, let us know, and we'll catch you uh, next week uh, in, in, in a little bit um, for episode mm -hmm. number 91. Yep. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you like the show, share it with a friend. Or leave us a review on iTunes to spread the good word. See you next time.